All right. Well, good evening. Glad to have you here t- tonight. We're going to get started. Uh, if you have your Bible, go to Genesis. Genesis, we'll get going there in just a minute. Thank you for being here this evening. Uh, we'll be in Genesis chapter 31. Genesis chapter 31. We're going to be looking at quite a bit of Bible here. I'll be skipping around just a little bit, but we'll kind of end up in Genesis 31. So if you get there, kind of maybe put your thumb in there, and then we'll, we'll jump around here a little bit. Thank, I'm so thankful for the opportunity uh, to be able to preach tonight. Uh, what I have this evening really is something, and uh, probably about a year ago, maybe a little bit less than that, was able to share with our teens. Uh, every Wednesday night, many of you know, we have our teen Bible study, and this is something, as we were making our way through the book of Genesis and our Bible study for the teens, uh, this is something that kind of jumped out to me and really helped me, honestly. And uh, just even recently, we're, I'm kick-starting the year, I teach Bible here at, at Grandview for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Uh, so, obviously, beginning of the year, my 7th grade Bible class. Uh, I don't know if I have anybody 7th grade Bible class in here or they've been in it before. But, man, it is fantastic. We go all the way through the Old Testament, so we're kind of restarting in Genesis again. And in, in the last week or two, knowing Pastor Justin had asked me to speak, uh, this truth kind of just came into my head again and started looking over it. And really, I feel like it's something that's very practical uh, and that can help us that it can help us in our daily lives. But, man, I enjoy teaching Bible. Man, we have a good time. If you've been in my class before, we have fun. I'll give you a couple things. Uh, teaching middle school Bible class last year. Here we go. I've got a few in my head. I could sit here for 30 minutes and just tell you middle school Bible class stories, but we won't do that. Uh, last year, sitting, I, don't, I can't even remember the grade. I think it was seventh grade. If you remember the class, anyone that's been in my class, don't say it. Uh, back of the room. Someone has their hand up. You know, me being a diligent teacher, if you know, if you've been in my class, my class policies are this. When I'm teaching, you know what? If you, you know, we fill out notes, we, you know, I, I'm lecturing. I said, listen, uh, don't raise your hand and interrupt me while I'm teaching. I said, man, I will stop and I'll give you a chance. Hey, does anyone have a question or need to know repeated? I'll do that every half a page. And I'm, you know, being a good teacher, this kid has his hand up in the back. And I know in my head, okay, class policy, you know. I've, we've talked this over. I've told you this is not how things work here in Brother Derek's class. I'm so official. But I decided this one time. I'm going to have mercy. You know, his hand is up. I call, And I, I don't remember who this was. So if it was you, I'm sorry if you're in here, okay. Uh, I, look at, I look at the student. I said, yes. And I will never forget. They looked back at me and they said, yes. I looked and I said, well, what, what do you need? And I, the student looked back at me. I don't need anything. I said, well, your hand is up, Brother Derek. It's not up. I'm not lying to you. I was like, look at, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have one of these. Anyway, it was incredible. Man, 7th grade Bible is amazing. I got a text from a parent. Hey, these are scary things. And I don't know if I'm supposed to share some of these. Uh, you get a text from a parent after school hours. Some of you are parents that I have in school. Uh, never mind. Uh, but, man, you get a text from a parent after school hours. It is, it is a scary thing, you know, especially when you're teaching, you know, the Word of God, teaching Bible. And I got a text from a parent. And it said this, Brother Derek, you know, we're talking about what my kid learned in school today. Uh-oh, that's another one. I'm like, oh, no, what did I do this time? Uh, and they said they, they remembered learning about this, the, you know, this altar in the Bible. I'm thinking, okay. And the parents said, I've just never heard of this altar before. I said, okay. He said, my, my daughter is, just keeps telling me over and over again that you guys learned about this altar named Bob. Bob. 
So I'm thinking, you know, what in the world? You know, I, you know I, I'm hoping I'm getting through to these young people. Lives are being changed. You know, revival breaks out. You know, uh, kids coming to the front of the classroom, getting right with God. You know, uh, I'm thinking in my head, Bob, an altar name, Bob. And I'm thinking about it. I went through and I started going through my notes. I'm thinking, where did they get the altar name, Bob? Well, if you know the story, the children of Israel cross into the promised land. Two and a half tribes stay behind. And you, or, in order to kind of show it, my, my watch is talking to me right now. Uh-oh. Uh, in order to kind of show that they were part of Israel still, two and a half of the tribes built an altar. The altar's name was not Bob. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, the altar's name, they actually named it Ed. Okay? So I texted the parents and said, you know, the altar's name was not Bob. But it was it, you know. Find me sometime, and I'll tell you about it. It's very interesting. But and man, middle school Bible is just a great uh, place to be. I, I'll say this last one. I'm done. Uh, funny names in the Bible, and I have to be careful with this because I, I have a child. The last few years, I've joked. I'll read a funny name. My favorite one. I don't even know where it's at, but I read it every single year. Chushan Rishatham, and I tell my class every year. You know what? You pay me five hundred bucks, I will name my kid Chushan Rishatham. So, I, remember, I had to be careful last year, man, okay? Uh, I, you know, I said that, I thought, you know, I got to be careful, you know, they're going to start, you know, all right, have an offering, you know, build a gym? No, we're, we're naming his kid Chushan with a thing, okay, anyway. Uh, but Genesis chapter 31, it's, man, it's a good time. I love the Word of God. Listen, I, I and I think, I feel like I say this every time I preach, I love the Bible. Man, it's so interesting. So many times, in my opinion, uh, you know, sometimes we look at the Word of God and, and we look at it as rules of do's and don'ts. But there are so many things in the Bible that, to me, are just incredible. We're studying Genesis. Like I said, in seventh grade Bible, we're studying Genesis right now. And it is absolutely, I love it. Every year, I, I could quote the notes to you. I've taught them now for four or five years. When I was in seventh grade, I literally took these notes, okay? But just talking about creation, we're just kind of getting into it. Uh, the fall of man, the first four major events of creation, the fall, the flood, the tower. And now we're kind of moving in uh, to the four major people of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. As we're here in Genesis, we know this Genesis is a book of beginnings, now, I love Genesis because it's so important. So many truths throughout the rest of the Bible are first kind of introduced. Uh, if you're in my seventh grade class, the book of Genesis is like a seed. So many truths in the Bible that are sprouted in Genesis grow throughout the entire Bible. But anyway, we get here to Genesis, and I love it. Man, I'm, I'm a reader. I love history. I love information. And I'll tell you this. I love drama. Now, listen, I don't, I don't like my drama. You know? <laughs> But man, I love drama. I like reading about other people's drama. And I'll tell you this. Some of these people in Genesis, it was, it was drama. And if you're in my Bible class, you know what they're called. They're called drama mamas, okay? Don't be no drama mama in my class, okay? And there is some drama. And what we're going to look at today, I'm going to read a verse, and then we're kind of going to rewind. Uh, and we're going to look at what happened to get us to this point. If you're there in Genesis chapter 31, look at verse number 1. Like I said, I'm going to read a few verses, and then we're going to go backwards years. It says this, And he heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said to Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers, to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Very familiar story. You know the story, and I'll, and I'll kind of review here. You have Jacob. 
Now, Jacob is known as the deceiver. Jacob has a brother. His name is Esau. It's very interesting to me in God's plan uh, for the nation of Israel. He's going to use Jacob. Now, I enjoy reading about Jacob because Jacob is a flawed man. If you, if you study him out, he really is. But God still uses him. And if I was talking about being dramatic. If there's a dramatic person in, in, in Genesis, it's Jacob. Okay, uh, If you know the story, you know, if you want to re- just kind of rewind many years, Jacob and Esau being born. And the first thing I'd like to look at is this. As we talk about uh, this word, and if you look there in verse number three, really the word I'm going to talk about tonight is this. If you look there, the second phrase, it says, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land. We're going to talk about this, this theme tonight and just kind of make a few applications, but really, we're, if I could kind of sum it up, it's this. Returning to God's plan. Returning to God's plan. You know, I could sum it up. Jacob here is working for his father-in-law. If you would rewind, you know, you know the, the mistakes that he has made. Really, his, his mom, Rebecca, uh, knows this, which is, to me, I, I didn't realize this till recently. I thought it was so interesting. Rebecca, knowing when she is giving birth to twin sons, the angel of the Lord literally tells her, hey, the younger is going to be more powerful than the older. To me, that's interesting. I didn't realize that till, till reading it. And that's in Genesis chapter 25. I have a lot of verses to look at. We're not going to get to all of them tonight, but it, they're, they're there if you want to read them. It's great. Okay? Uh, the angel comes to her and says, hey, you know, you're going to have twins. The, the, the younger is going to be greater than the older brother. Well, we find out later that Jacob, the younger of the two twins, is uh, with Esau. And you know the story. Rebecca and Jacob uh, try to trick her husband and Jacob's father, Isaac. You know, Isaac kind of had a, a tendency to be closer to Esau. And Rebecca had a tendency to be closer to Jacob. And really, man, what a messed up house to grow up in. You know, I know this, that dad likes my brother. And, you know, I just kind of hang out with here. And there's that division in the home. Man, to me, I, just, I, I read about that. I see that thing. Man, that, that couldn't have been great. But we see that Rebecca decides this. I'm going to take things into my own hands. And the first thing we're going to look at tonight is this, rushing God's plan. It's so interesting to me. You said this, Derek, what would have been the plan if Rebecca and Jacob never would have tried to fool Isaac? I don't know. But I do know this. The angel did tell her already, hey, we've got this taken care of. But we know that, we know that Jacob and Rebecca, you know the story. It's time for Isaac. He's getting old. Now, again, I, I told you about being dramatic. You know, Isaac is saying, I'm blind. I'm about to die. Okay, I, go get some meat for me, Esau. Now, we find out later, he lives like 20 more years. You know, it's like, man, this is a dramatic family. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to die. Things are going downhill quickly. He sends out his son Esau. Hey, go, go hunting. Man, go get the, the meat that you know that I like. Go prepare it the way that I've taught you growing up. Go, go get everything prepared. You have Rebecca kind of listening to the conversation outside of the door. And she gets Jacob. He says, hey, uh, I overheard. And listen, we need to... Imagine, again, I, I, I talk about this. And I just can't believe that this is the mentality. Hey, we need to go trick your dad. Oh, sounds good, Mom. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and you know the story. She says, hey, I know exactly how he likes the meat prepared. We can, we can pull this off. They go, they take a goat. They kill the goat. And they try to present Jacob as the oldest. Now, again... There's just so much good stuff there. I'm just going over it quickly. He goes into his father, and the first thing Jacob says is, hey, you know, Esau is a hairy man. Now, that's disgusting, okay? Uh, You know, they have to fool good old Isaac by literally taking the goat's hair and wrapping it around his arms. Listen, if they can't tell what the difference between you and a goat, you have issues, okay? Uh, But anyway, uh, he goes into his, his father, and he fools him. He says, if you read it, it's heartbreaking, honestly, when you read it. Isaac says, I, I mean, I, I know this voice is not Esau. 
you know, but the hairy arm, that's got to be him, you know. He ends up blessing him. And Jacob leaves, Esau comes in, and Esau immediately knows. I've been deceived not just by my brother, and again, think of the pain here, not just by my brother, but by my own mother. Now we see Esau tries to get back two different ways. First he says this, if I see Jacob again, I'm going to try to murder him. The second thing is this, how, he says this, how can I disappoint my parents the most? He goes and he finds Canaanite women and starts to marry Canaanite women, which really grieves his mother Rebecca. To me that's kind of interesting as well. See, all this is going on. Jacob is now running for his life and his, 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 his mom says, hey, I, have, I have a kinsman named Laban, why don't you go there? And we know he goes to Laban, and the ironic thing is this, if there's more of a deceiver or a trickster than Jacob, it's Laban. You know the story, uh, Laban tricks him. There's the whole matter with Leah and Rachel. Okay, uh, He wants to marry Rachel. He says, work for me seven years, I'll allow you to marry Rachel. And we see that he's deceived. He finds out that he didn't marry Rachel, he married Leah. Now again, the Bible describes Leah as being tender-eyed. I've heard many preachers eloquently describe that. You know, the tender eyes mean this, okay? Listen, all I got to say is this. If someone describes you and the only thing they can say about you is you have eyes, you have other issues as well, okay? Oh, we don't know about that. But man, there's this whole debacle. Seven years for Leah. Then he gets to marry Rachel and seven more years. Fourteen years have passed. And dramatic thing after dramatic thing after dramatic thing. And why is that the case? Why is this even even an issue? Really, it boils down to this. He's rushing God's plan. He decided this, listen, I know, God, that you have a plan for me, but I'm going to try to take it into my hands. You ever been there? I've been there before. Hey, I know this is what, I, I, I think I know what I should do with my life. I'm just going to kind of take hold of it, and I'm going to do it without asking what you think is right. And we see here, he makes a mess. We come now to where we pick up here in Genesis chapter 31. And let me just read through where he's at. He is now, it's 20 years later. Jacob is an older, older middle-aged man at this point. Two different marriages. Wives that do not get along at all. Which again, you're marrying two wives, you're, you're a moron anyway, okay? But whatever. Uh, it's, not a good, it's not a good home. There, 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 there's arguments. Rachel ends up becoming very bitter as she gets older. If you read in the Bible, Laban, it talks about how Laban changed his wages, his pay, ten different times. Uh, if you read it through, and again, this is interesting to me, uh, how they decide what animals Jacob's about to keep and which ones Laban's about to keep. Laban kind of met- misses with him there different times. Jacob actually ends up, you know, coming out ahead. But now it's 20 years later, and I love what the phrase that God says to him in verse number three, return. God comes to Jacob and he says, hey, are, are you done? Listen, you've been rushing things. You've been doing your thing. Hey, you've been doing what you think is right, but are you just ready to return? And listen, there's so many times in our life that we've got to get to the point. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we've got to get to the point where we, where we kind of get to where Jacob's at and looks back and says, you know what? I thought I had this figured out. I thought I kind of knew what I was doing. I don't. And we have to understand this, that God is calling us to return. Now, sometimes we look at that return, we think of that in a negative sense. You know, oh, well, we should never turn back, we should never go back. Well, we're going to look at this evening very quickly, three different ways. Three different things that I see that Jacob returned to that were actually positive, not negative. None of these are groundbreaking, but I do hope it, it helps. The first thing I see here is this, Jacob returned to his family. Jacob returned to his family. Go to Genesis chapter 32. 
if you're right there, turn just a couple pages over. It says in Genesis chapter 40, uh, 32, sorry, verse number 6, and it says this, And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee and four hundred men with him. And then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that was with him, the flocks, the herds, the camels, into two bands. This is so interesting. It's time to go. Listen, God calls him and says there in Genesis chapter 31, Hey, it's time to get back to what you know you should be doing. Finally, for the first time in 20 years, Jacob kind of agrees and says, you know what? All right, you're right. Let's get back. And the first thing he has to do is go and greet his brother. Now, you know Esau. The last time that Jacob had seen Esau was this. Hey, if I lay eyes on you again, I am going to kill you. You know, the first thing that Jacob had to realize was this. There had to be a return to his family. Those relationships, those bridges that he had burned, man, those mistakes that he had made, he had... He had to make those right. Now, if you read the story, and again, this is in Genesis chapters 32 and 33, he, he, he really tries to play it up. He finds out he needs to have this reunion with his brother Esau. If you read about it, the first thing he does is he sends gifts ahead. He sends, and we read just a little bit of it there, he takes animals, he takes cattle, he takes sheep, and he sends them ahead. And he's thinking this, if my brother is still angry at me, maybe if this, this gift of you know, all these animals will appease his anger. If you keep reading there at the end of chapter 32, then he sends gifts. He sends, you know, God has blessed him at this time. He's he's wealthy. He sends all these gifts. But now it's come to the time to actually meet him face to face. I believe that's in in Genesis chapter 33. And again, very interesting uh, part of the story there. It's time. Uh, Again, this is so humorous to me. And it's time for the families to meet each other. And this is Jacob's strategy. Again, a little bit of a schemer still here, okay? He takes Leah, okay? You know, the one with the eyes, okay? Uh, and all of her children, and he sends her on ahead. I, I don't know why his thinking was that, you know, if Esau's really angry, at least it's just Leah, okay? I don't know. Uh, then he takes Rachel. And then at the very, very back of it, you know, is Jacob. But we see here first that he returned to his family. Listen, sometimes, uh, you know, as we're going through life, there's decisions that we make. Uh, and maybe it's a family, maybe it's a close friend that's almost like a family that we need to return to. I think it's very interesting that he was able to return to his family and immediately when he sees Esau, this is interesting, Esau says, hey brother, no hard feelings. I know we've had our issues in the past, but listen, I'm just glad you're back. We're going to find out later that Isaac, although just barely alive, is still alive and that he is able to kind of reconnect with his dad. I mean, how special that would have been. But can I just say this, and this is, you know, not as positively. If you study commentators, and we never hear about Rebecca again, many people believe this, that Rebecca probably died during those 20 years. He was able to return to his family and, and make some things right, but unfortunately, because of his negative decisions, everything wasn't able to go back to the way it used to be. But we see, first, he made a return to his family. Is there someone in our family and our friends that, you know, we need to return to and repair a relationship with? Number two, and this is, this is a good one, very simple. Number two, Jacob returned to his God. He returned to his God. Look at chapter 32 and verse number 24. It says this, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go. For the day breaketh. And he said, this is Jacob speaking, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, 
and has prevailed. This is so interesting to me. Go back, if you can, look at this. This is cool. Go to Genesis chapter 28. Go to Genesis chapter 28 and look at verse number 20. And I want you to see the mentality here from before he went to Laban to after he went to Laban. In Genesis chapter 28, verse number 20, it says this, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Do you see the difference there? This is so cool to me. He had to make a return to his God. But listen, he couldn't return on his terms. He had to return on on what he thought was right. He had to return on, on on God's way. If you look at the beginning of those 20 years, if you ask Jacob, are you serving God? Hey, if you ask Jacob and says, hey, is God your God? He would tell you, I believe this. He would tell you this. Yes, he is. As long as, and if you read the list there, you know, if you take care of me, and if you give me a place to stay, and if you give me food to eat, and if you bless me, you know, then, then you'll be my God. 20 years later, he decides to return. We read it there in Genesis chapter 32. Where is he at now? He says this, he is holding on and says, hey, I, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Man, isn't that, I, I convicts me. How easy is it for us to get into our lives? And man, we're going through life and we want God's blessing. But man, we go to God and we say this, hey, you know, God, if, you know, if you do this for me, I'll serve you. Hey, God, as long as I'm comfortable in in this area, you know, I'll do the right thing. Hey, as long as financially everything is good, you know, I'll obey you. Listen, that is an attitude that Jacob had at the beginning, where as he goes through life, it's time to return, time to go back, make things right with family. Now it's time to go back and make things right with God. And what does he do? He says this, God, I just need you. Hey, I'm just holding on to you as tightly as possible, and I'm not letting go. Lord, I need your blessing, we see that he makes a return to his God. You know, there, maybe there's been times in our lives when we've been wandering away from God. It took Jacob 20 years to return to God and the relationship that he had with him. That's crazy. I hope that's not true in our life. I hope for 20 years we don't have to look back and look at regrets and say, you know what, man, 20 years I've been kind of messing around, not, not taking things seriously, but, you know, now I, I guess I'll do it. What's very interesting to me is Jacob gets right with God here. And, I re- and as I was studying this out, man, like I said, this has been a, a big help to me. As I was studying this out, I, I noticed this. Jacob gets right with God, and pretty much from here until later on in his life, his judgment's not always great in how he treats his sons. But really, Jacob is going is to serve God with his life. But I think it's very interesting. In Genesis chapter 35, in Genesis chapter 35, this is years later, It says, And God said to Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar to God, that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said to his household, and this is interesting, And to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. Listen, Jacob got right with God, but guess what? Years later, Jacob's family are still struggling from the decisions that he made during those 20 years. Years later, Jacob has to once again go to his family and says, Hey, please get rid of those idols. Hey, please stop serving those false gods. And, and I learned from that this, it took his family members longer return to God, to God than him. He had to encourage them to leave their false gods. You know, uh, I would never want it to be said that my family would struggle with sin because of my poor decision making. Listen, Jacob, your own family is going to struggle with idolatry. And this is wild. They're going to struggle with idolatry for hundreds of years to come. 
You read through the Old Testament. What do the Israelites struggle with all the time? Bowing down to idols. Worshiping graven images. Over and over and over again. And if you go back to the core root of it, when did it all start? It started with Jacob. Deciding this, you know what? I'm just going to go. 20 years, it's no big deal. I'm going I'm to go do my own thing. I'll return to God. Listen, Jacob, you did return to God, but your family's still struggling. Man, I would hate that for that to be the case. His family probably wouldn't have struggled with this if he did not leave in the first place. He had to have a return to God. Man, I hope tonight if there's something, and again, very basic. If there's something that you would say in my, in my life, Derek, you know, there's something that I need to return to. There's a relationship with God that it used to be close. I used to feel like I was walking with him. I was doing the right thing. But now I just feel like there's this distance between us. Can I say this? Please get that settled for you. We're going to find out that God blesses Jacob incredibly. But get that settled for the people that you influence around you. He had no idea that, you know what, his decision making was affecting the sons, the family, even his wife and their decision to worship idols. We see first return to uh, his family, return to God. And this is interesting. Number three, Jacob returned to the land of Canaan. And really the land of Canaan all throughout the Old Testament uh, shows a, you know, a victorious life serving God. If you go to chapter 33 in verse number 18 is what we next says this. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Padanaram and he pitched his tent before the city and he bought a parcel of a field. We had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, of Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. Listen, he's making a very, very public statement. I'm back here in the land that God has for us. You know, I don't believe it was ever God's will for Jacob to leave the land of Canaan. This was the land that God had for him. But because of his decisions, he had to leave. Now, many years later, he returns to the land that God had promised to his forefather Abraham. And I see this. He's now back in God's will. Hey, he had to get things right with his family. Hey, you can't, can't be wrong with your family and right with God, man. You got to get right with brother. You got to get right with dad. But now you got to get right with God. Hey, it's, it's not this, if you do this for me anymore, God. No, it's this, God, I need you with everything. But then we see this, hey, now that I've gotten those things right, the next thing I need to return to is the plan that God has for me. Man, is there something in our life that we need to return to that's God's will for our life? Maybe it's something that the Lord has laid on your heart and it's something uh, of service, of giving, of a relationship. And maybe it's something that we've wanted to stay away from. Maybe it's, it's something that we've said, you know what, I, I don't want to deal with this right now. Is God calling you to return to that? You know, there's so many different things in our lives that we need to return to. Maybe it's a walk with God. Maybe it's a prayer life that you say, you know, Derek, uh, you know, I used to have this time set aside and I, I've let that slip through and just busyness. Maybe it's witnessing. Maybe it's a time where you say, you know, Derek, there was times where maybe as I would go throughout my day, there were times that I had set aside throughout the week where I would literally just use that time to, you know, hand out some invitation to church to witness, but I'm just not there anymore. Whatever it is, something that we used to do to serve the Lord, but now we've gotten away, away, away from it. Like I said earlier, how long will it take us to return? Listen, I, I, I was never the smartest person ever, but I like to try to learn things quickly. I was the oldest sibling, um, and so I, I tried to tell my brothers, listen, watch me. If I do something stupid, learn from it, you know. Don't make the same mistake over and over again. Uh, it, even when I was growing up, I always enjoyed being around. I think I've said this before. I enjoyed being around people that were older than me. Why was the case? Because I knew 
Some people that are older than me uh, are still dumb. And they're going to do dumb stuff. And guess what? I can look at them and say, hey, I don't want to do that. Some people that are older than me, guess what? Are still really smart. And I can look at them and say, hey, I want to do that. And so how long will it take us to learn? In, in Jacob's life, it, it took 20 years. I think this is so cool. If, and, I, and I mentioned it here. Jacob's life has been transformed so much that God changes his name from Jacob, the deceiver, to Israel, meaning prince with God. Man, this guy who'd been known for his entire life, of deceiver, of trickster, when things get real, when he decides this, I'm returning. Hey, I'm going back, making things right with my family. I'm going back, I'm making things right with God. I'm going back to the promised land. I'm going back to the will that I know that God has for me. God looks at that and says, hey, we'll make a change. Jacob, the deceiver, no, 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 no. From now on, you're going to be called Israel. What does that word Israel mean? Prince with God. How cool is that? I noticed this just in closing, and and again, I told you I would not be long this evening. A return to something will always be leaving something else behind. There had to be that moment where it got real. I'm sure this, I'm sure Jacob had talked about it. You can't tell me for 20 years you worked for a terrible boss like Laban and hadn't thought about leaving before. I'm sure he talked to Rachel before and said, hey, honey, you know, things are bad. We need to get out of here. Hey, you know, it's been five years now, and I can't stand, no, no offense, but I can't stand working for your dad. He changed my wages again. Hey, he, he straight up lied to me today. He's tricking me over and over, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. But guess what? Something had to happen where it says, you know, I'm going to stop talking about returning. I'm going to stop talking about going back to what I should be doing. I'm going to actually take action. I'm going to leave this behind, and I'm going to do what God has for me to do. The most encouraging phrase of this entire, uh, these verses that we looked at, if we go back to our text phrase, chapter 31, verse number three, it says, return to the land of thy fathers, to thy kindred, and I love this phrase, and I will be with thee. Listen, Jacob, you've been struggling by yourself now. Hey, you've been doing things your own way. You've been trying to figure things out, doing it Jacob's way. God says this, I'm calling you to return. But listen, and man, this is encouraging. I'm calling you to return, but listen, you don't got to return by yourself. Jacob, if you choose to go back, you choose to make things right, you choose to start following what I want you to do, guess what? You're not going to be alone. I'm going to go with you. Amen. And listen, so many times I believe this, Satan uses this lie where he says, hey, you know what? You're by yourself. There's nobody else that's, that's going to forgive you. There's nobody else that's going to be with you. But we know this over and over throughout the Bible. What does God say? Hey, I'm going to be with you. In the Bible here it says, hey, Jacob, just leave it behind. It's okay. You're not going to miss it. I will be with you every step of the way. What is that we need to return to this evening? Is there a family member that we need to maybe make something right with? Is it something that between us and God that you say, no, I need to return to something that I used to do that, you know, that God would have me to do? Or maybe it's the will of God. Maybe just like the promise, like, hey, it's a place I need to get back to. It's an action that I need to still be doing. What is it this evening that God, is it that God has called us to return to? Every head bowed, every eye closed. And we'll finish with prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this evening. Lord, thank you for this time that we can be together. Lord, very simple truth. and I, I almost hope it's not too simple, but God, just something that helped me. Lord, help us so many times in our lives. We get distracted. We get led off down different paths. And not all, they're not always bad. But Lord, they're not what you would have us to do. Help us to return just like Jacob learned through 20 years. Help, help, God, help it not to take us 20 years to learn. 
But help us to return to the things that you would have us to do, because we know that you're going to be with us and that you'll bless it. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for these dear people of our church, Lord. We love you. Amen. All right. Hey, I'm done. I was aiming for five till. I've got you at five till. Listen, we can be done early, and they will never, ever know. Okay? Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, Brother Colby, we've got a video. All right, Brother Colby's going to play us our video, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be dismissed. and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for a sermon from our junior high youth pastor, Derek Vestal. Join us here next week for Tailgate Sunday. Join us here next week for Tailgate Sunday. Come to church in your favorite jersey and bring an adult visitor for a chance to win Winterhawks, Blazers, Ducks, or Beaver tickets. Then join us in the parking lot following the service for your choice of free food and men's flag football game. Sign up today in the foyer if you'd like to play football or if you can help with food. The international program at GVCA has the opportunity to host more international students for three days. The dates will be September 29th through October 2nd. We are looking for families that would be willing to host these students for those three days. If you would like to volunteer, please see Nicole Berkland. The Best Years Club is going on the Mount Hood Railway October 12th. The cost is $50 and lunch is provided. Sign up for this and all other Best Years Club announcements on the welcome desk. Also, don't miss the luncheon on Friday, September 22nd at noon here at the church. The cost is $10 and you'll meet in the Abundant Life classroom. Plan to join us for Pumpkin Sunday on October 1st at 10 a.m. Come for professional family photos, a petting zoo, inflatables, and an apple slingshot. Also, you'll be able to pick your own pumpkin from the Grandview Pumpkin Patch. We're excited about the Timberline Baptist Church Teen Rally coming up Thursday and Friday, September 28th and 29th. On Thursday, students will be allowed to stay after school. From 3.30 to 4.15, we will be feeding them pizza. At 4.15, we'll head over to the teen rally. We're also going to try to do a Dutch Brothers stop, so if you want to give your kids some money for that, that would be wonderful. Uh, then, on Friday, the bus will leave at 5.15. Both nights, our goals is to be back here to the church property at 9 o'clock. There is no cost for this teen activity, and we hope that your young people will bring their Bible, bring a good spirit, and we pray that God will speak to their hearts. Don't miss the next Lady Service Ministry meeting on Wednesday, September 20th from 1 to 3 p.m. We'll be meeting at the Forest Creek Park Lodge. There will be a potluck lunch, so bring a dish to share. We will have a short devotion as well as a drawing for door prizes. Come join us as we work together to equip, encourage, and extend the work of Grandview. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Alrighty, you're dismissed. Thank you so much. Have a good week.